You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. This is something that the Lord has talked to Vicki and I about pretty much a week after we met. Um, the Lord just kind of dropped this idea, this thought in us together of what does it actually look like as believers to live in complete wholeness in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body? Because we know the idea of what Jesus did, bought and paid for so that we can live free. But what does it actually look like to walk it out? So this has been something that we've just been studying, praying, connecting with people, just trying to discover like, how do we actually be an example of this in this world? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians 5. This is where we're gonna start today. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. And we'll just jump right in. It says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is where we'll be. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It's just packed full of so much revelation of the access, the authority, the power that we have under the new covenant. So if you're taking notes, we're gonna call this message Garden Life. Garden Life, let's pray and then we'll get into it. God, I just thank you for your faithfulness. That we actually never get used to this. We never get used to the impact of hearing your word, of discovering more about you. So I just pray that you give me the words to speak, that the Holy Spirit would go forth, speak to the hearts and minds of your people. And we just thank you for even just this time of celebration. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the part I wanna start with in this scripture is that message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation. In order to talk about reconciliation, we need to know what we've been reconciled from, but more importantly, who have we been reconciled to? Sure, most of us in this room might know that answer, but we've actually been reconciled back to a good and perfect father. A good and perfect loving father is actually who we've been reconciled to. What we've been reconciled from goes all the way back to Genesis 1. And as I'm talking about this, I want you to actually picture what it looked like for Adam and Eve. We know that God created man, he took out a rib, he created woman. And I want you to actually picture what Adam and Eve had access to. Because this is a picture 
of what God intended for humanity to be, what he intended for this to look like. There was no sickness, no disease, no pain, no shame, no condemnation, no anxiety, no depression. It was perfect the way God intended. Because on the sixth day, what did he say? This is all very good. It was very good. And so we see that they were actually even able to walk with God. They got to be in the presence of their creator. Imagine what this is like. Picture what this was like. And as we know, the enemy comes in, gives them a thought that God is withholding something from them, and it creates a moment of doubt, a moment of disobedience. We call this the fall of man. This is the first time that we see that man is separated from God. And I believe from that moment on, God was on a mission to reconcile us back to him. Because immediately Adam and Eve, what did they do? They felt shame. So they went and hid, they separated themselves. And God went and found them. God got an animal, he clothed them. Even that picture, he's reconciling, he's redeeming. He placed them out of the garden, why? To protect them. God brings the law in to teach people that they need a savior, that you can't do this on your own. Then he sends Jesus, the savior, to fulfill the whole law, to die a sinner's death for us. Why? So we can be reconciled back to him. That is the message of reconciliation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who should ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus, that he reconciled us back to this garden life. In Romans 5, 17, it says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Amen. So we know that what Jesus did brings us back to what God originally intended. Only even better than what Adam and Eve got to experience because not only do we get to walk with God, but God actually chose to place his presence on the inside of each and every one of us that believes in Jesus. So actually, wherever we go, we are carriers of the presence of God. This is even better than the first version. Jesus even telling his disciples, it's better for you that I go. Imagine what they're thinking. What are you how is it better that I can no longer sit across the table from you and see your face and hear your voice? Oh, because I'm gonna put it on the inside of you. And even when I'm not physically with you, I'm in you. This is 2.0, this is even better. This is the power that we have access to. We have access to the Father, we've been made 
brand new. And through Jesus, because of what he did, we can actually walk in true freedom. Here at Renew Life Church, it's actually part of our mission statement is to see believers living free, spirit, soul, and body. And through Christ, we've actually been given the ability and the access to live in wholeness in all three areas, spirit, soul, and body. If we go back to the beginning, we were created in the image of God. God is a triune being. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He made us in his image. You are also a triune being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And I truly believe that these three areas, working together is where we find the true fullness of life. And I believe that this is, what we have access to is the cry of the world today. The world is looking for this. The world is looking and searching and spending all their money on health. How can I get well? How can I get better? Searching and searching. How can I find peace? Going to anything and everything from drugs to crystals to whatever. Where can I find peace? Where can I find fulfillment? They're all searching. And what's beautiful as believers is we know that through Jesus, we have access to all three. Scripture says, by his stripes, we are. The kingdom of God is not about food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We have the peace. Peace is a person, it's Jesus. Jesus came to give us life and life to the we have access to fullness. Through Jesus, we have access to what people are looking for. So the question is, as believers, are we stewarding it? Are we walking in it? Are we being ambassadors of Christ as it shows? Are we being representatives of heaven here on earth? So that's what I wanna talk about today. Um, we'll start with spirit. I won't spend a ton of time on this one. Uh, this could be a 50-part series. But your spirit has been made brand new. The scripture we read, you have been made a new creation in Christ. Your spirit, man, is perfect, it's blameless, it's holy, it's righteous. Jesus bought and paid for it. Our job as believers is to align our soul and our body to agree with it. To renew our mind that we are righteous, we are sons, we are daughters. What Jesus did was enough. So there's things we can do that we say feed our spirit, that we as Christians know, reading our Bible, worshiping, praying, being in community. These are things that renew our mind to the truth that we've been made perfect. Our soul, I think for our soul to experience fulfillment in your soul, the first thing and the most important thing is to believe right. To believe right. As Christians, it's not our job to behave the right way. It's our job to believe the right things. And when you believe the right things, your behavior is gonna follow. So the first thing is believing that God is good. God is a good father, no matter what. 
He's good and he's loving. I think the other thing that we battle with our souls, something that just drains our souls, that we suffer from here in the Bible Belt in West Texas, me personally, is really just thinking I'm not good enough. Going inward and just picking myself apart. Seeing somebody else on a stage, doing something in life, on social media, all of a sudden we're like, man, I'm not doing that. I don't think I could talk that well. I don't think I could pray that. Whatever it is, we go inward and just start pulling out all of these things that we think we need to start working on. And all it does is just drain your soul. All it does is just put a damper on whatever you're doing. In John 15, it says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. So the truth is, when we actually go inward, start pulling these things out, comparing ourselves, digging deep, what we're actually doing, because this scripture says that God's the gardener, this scripture says that he's the pruner, Scripture says that God's the one that cuts off things that aren't bearing fruit. So when we start going inward, comparing ourselves, picking ourselves apart, we're actually taking the tremors from God and saying, I can do it. I can do it. I can fix this. I can handle this. I can get better on my own. If you've walked with God for very long, you know he'll bring some things up. He'll bring some things to prune, to work on, to trim, to cut off. We don't need to do it. This is absolutely draining your soul. And the last one for soul is just have fun. As Christians, we actually really stink at this. <laughs> Celebrating. Because what's, the truth is, we've already won. The battle has already been won. Jesus has already done it already done it, so we should live in a place of victory. We should know how to celebrate. We should know how to have fun. Find a flipping hobby, do something. It'll feed your soul, your family, your spouse will thank you for having a hobby and just doing something that you actually love to do. <laughs> Quick, around Christmas, there wasn't much going on at the house and I was just bored. I think I was sitting around all day not doing anything and we were supposed to set up the Christmas tree. Of course, this was like before Thanksgiving because we're Christians and we celebrate Jesus for a long time. Um, just skip Halloween and anyways, I was sitting at home all day long, super bored. And Vicky's like, should we set up the tree, put on Christmas music? And I'm like, no, not today. And she's like, why are you such a bummer? And I'm like, I don't know, I just don't wanna be happy. And she's like, you're just bored. Do something. You haven't left the house. And I'm like, you're right. Sorry about that. We'll try again tomorrow. So have fun. Do something fun. It'll feed your soul. And then body. This is one that I want to sit on for a little bit. I feel like in the Christian world, we actually don't talk about this one that much. But if we don't talk about it, then we're missing out on a third of who God created us to be. We're missing out on the vehicle that actually drives us to where God is calling us to go. 
And for me, this whole area, unbeknowing, has impacted my life, I would say more than the others, because it just kind of shocked me. It shocked me that if one area is lacking, it'll actually move over and start to affect the other two. Just like if my soul's drained, I'm gonna have a bad attitude. My soul's drained, I don't wanna lift my hands in worship. Do you see how these are connected? So, it's been tough being a part of Renew Life Church in the beginning because I was under much scrutiny. When Vicki and I first moved here, we were, I don't even know if I could use this word in here. <laughs> we were vegan. Um. <laughs> Sorry, don't leave. Um. And so we would get made fun of all the time. A lot of times from the platform, we would sit there. You guys would laugh along. It's okay. Don't hold a grudge, but it's my time to tell my side of the story. Um, when I was in Amarillo, leaving to go to Reading to the school, I was about probably over 20 pounds heavier than I am. 30, okay. <laughs> Glad she showed up. Um, <laughs> I was a bowling ball. Um, on a 5'8 figure, it wasn't great. And so I was like, I need to just get my crap together. Got there, started doing a treadmill, eating healthy, like cans of tuna, ground beef, plain chicken breast, thinking that I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm eating healthy and I lost some weight. Um, but really just, I felt like crap for a long time. And then I meet Vicky, she was vegan. Well, she just started cooking me these meals. And so I'm just eating whatever she's cooking. And I'm like, this is a thousand times better than plain chicken breast. Like this actually tastes really good. She was making I don't, these things called vegetables. You've heard of them here? Yeah. And we were eating fruit and you, we don't see a lot of trees here, but there's these things that dangle from these things called trees. And so she was just making me these amazing meals. And so, no pun intended, organically, <laughs> I uh, just started being vegan, just started eating what she was cooking. And after like a couple weeks, I was like, I feel a thousand times better. Like I actually started to notice well, one, after I eat, I don't feel like taking a nap, which was something new. I had more energy throughout the day. My mind was clear, my thoughts were clear. I even had more patience. I just started noticing all kinds of stuff because I was eating better. And knowing this about me, in this area of diet, I had zero discipline. Like I love food, I love to eat food. I love to go to restaurants, people bring me food, I ask them to bring me more food, they do that as well. I love food, Chick-fil-A was my favorite restaurant. Get the number one Chick-fil-A sandwich, waffle fries, they would think I'm done, and I'd say for dessert, I will have another Chick-fil-A sandwich, thank you. <laughs> and that would be all the time. And then I'd get Chick-fil-A sauce and use all my food as a spoon, really just to eat the sauce, because that's what we do. So, uh, had zero discipline in this area of body. 
and once I started doing this, I was actually like, well, I feel way better. I think I'm actually going to do this. I'm actually going to become vegan. And it actually changed my whole life because diet never worked for me. But in this moment, when I made this decision, it was unto the Lord. Like I actually invited him into this because I started noticing it was affecting other areas of my life. Because I was able to start saying no to certain foods, it was empowering my yes to things that God was calling me to do. Or it was even equipping me to say no to other things I was supposed to do. Temptation, thoughts, whatever it was, this area of body being disciplined into it because I invited God into it, it brought a supernatural discipline to be able to do it. We've all done diet where we buy the asparagus, we buy the spinach, and then a week later it's just slime in a drawer in your fridge. This was something completely new. And I started to realize, wow, I'm reading my Bible more, I'm more engaged, I'm, I'm praying more. Like, it just affected every other area because I was disciplined in my body. I never could say no to food before. I loved it. And when I was able to do this, it absolutely changed my life. And then I started to realize like, oh wow, all three are really connected. And we don't talk about this, but even Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Paul knew that he had a race to run. We have a race to run. We need our body to get us there. We don't want to fall short because we didn't steward this area. So through this journey, we've done research, studied, prayed, connected with some doctors, even people that align their education, their science with biblical truths, and they've come up with basically these four pillars of health. So I'm gonna talk about these quickly because the truth is we don't know what we don't know. Here in West Texas especially, we're not taught this. We're not taught what's healthy. Steak and potatoes, every meal. Sorry. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I said every meal, okay. Um, so here are the four pillars if you're taking notes. I believe that this actually, um, this natural thing has the power to completely transform your life um, and even bring healing to your body if you're suffering with something. So the four pillars are nutrition, hydration, movement, and peace. So nutrition we're so inundated with diets. What's the right diet? Vegan, oh, d disclaimer, we're not vegan anymore, okay? <laughs> Did it for a couple years, but we knew if we were gonna go plant Renew Life Church Ireland, we had to start eating meat and hunting and stuff, so. Um, so nutrition, we're inundated with all these diets, carnivore, plant-based, keto, different pills you can take, different shakes you can take. This just simplified it so much for me. Eat God food, not man food. Eat God food, not man food. It's funny that in today's world, 
we, we actually mentally think it's a diet to eat real food. Like we think we have to have discipline to eat food that's actually real. Like the whole middle part of the grocery store. Those things that are still gonna be there after Jesus comes back. <laughs> All of that stuff, that's not God food. That's man-made processed food. So when I say eat God food, not man food, I'm talking about getting as close to the source as possible. If we look back in the garden, what did he create? He created vegetables, plants, he created fruits, he created animals. How can we get as close to the source as possible before man stepped in and contaminated what we were actually supposed to get nourished by? So can you get as close to the source as possible? Because if you even look at things like wheat, wheat has been torn apart, the nutrition isn't even in it anymore so that it can be mass produced and made as much money as possible. So being aware, like when you look at the ingredients, the actual thing should be the ingredient. An avocado is, is an avocado. You shouldn't have to have a label to see what it is. If there's more than five things, it's not God food. Amen. <laughs> so find the cleanest meat, eggs, chickens, whatever you prefer. Try to find the God version before it was pumped with antibiotics or stripped of nutrition. Um, something that's actually not just satisfying a hunger, but actually nourishing your body. Okay, hydration. This one actually kind of blew my mind. I, I knew like drinking water was important, like carrying around a jug, that guy you want to punch in the face at the gym. Okay, that was me. Um, and that actually doesn't help you. You don't need to drink a gallon of water a day. See, when we go to Ireland, this is like one of the things that I look forward to the most. I need to hurry. Um, you can actually drink the tap water. And it has the, yeah, new experience for us here, right? If you drink the tap water here, just wave your fourth arm, just like. <laughs> um, so what we have to do here is drink RO water. We drink RO water that cleans it all out. It takes out all the bad stuff, but it actually takes out all the good stuff too. So as Americans, we're actually dehydrated and demineralized. So if you're drinking a gallon of RO water, it's actually depleting your body. You're not giving it the minerals that it needs. So you can take the RO water, squeeze a lemon in it, get some vitamin C. You can put in some real salt, which salt too, table salt is three ingredients. Real salt or Himalayan salt actually has 72 minerals in it. And it gives your body back the hydration that it needs, the minerals that it needs. Another thing that's interesting about hydration is our body is made up of like 60% water. We're walking bags of water. And there was a scientific study that a scientist did where he put water in a bowl and he started speaking life into one bowl of water. You're beautiful, you're amazing, you're awesome. Speaking life into it. The other one, death, you're ugly, You'll never do anything. And he started just speaking to it. Then he froze them. And what he found was when he pulled the one out that he spoke good things to, it actually froze and created these beautiful snowflakes, perfectly symmetrical. 
And when he pulled the ones out that he spoke negativity to, it was all just chaos, what it froze into. We're made up of over 70% water. When we speak life, when we speak truth, it can actually change what's going on in your body. It's actually changing physically. It's amazing that science is actually more and more proving the biblical principles that God has put in place. If this happens with water in a bowl, imagine what it happens in your body when you speak life every day. When you speak life to your spouse, when you speak life to your kids, when you speak truth over them. It's transforming their physical body. It can actually get rid of sickness, disease, by speaking the words of God. It's amazing. Movement, we weren't designed to sit in a chair for eight hours a day. We were built to move. So we need to get up every hour is what science has showed and walk around, stretch, do something. When you get up, it oxygenates your body. We weren't meant to be stagnant. When you sit in a chair for eight hours a day and then you go to the gym, it actually doesn't mitigate what you've just done for eight hours. It's good that you exercise, but you've already harmed your body for eight hours. And I would argue that if you got up and moved and did something every hour, you may not even need to go to the gym and spend two hours in the afternoon. You can actually use that to spend time with your family. The last one is peace. This one is just so powerful. In today's world, we're overly stressed, overly anxious, and physically it actually puts us in this fight or flight mode. We've all heard fight or flight. When we get scared, we see a bear. We don't see bears. If you're going hunting, maybe. Fight or flight, but it's like, and you know that feeling. It's a, we're supposed to experience that like once a year for maybe a couple minutes. But in today's world, we're living in fight or flight. That physical feeling that you get when you're scared, that same thing that you feel when you're anxious, when you're worried, you physically feel these emotions. This is when you're in fight or flight. And so many of us are living in it. And when you're in fight or flight, your body actually can't take the time to even digest if you're eating a perfect diet. It actually can't even hydrate your body because it's going into survival mode. And we're living in this. We should be living in rest and digest instead of fight or flight. And there's been so many studies and we see that a lack of peace in our body can actually manifest into sickness and disease. Like, you can actually do every single, the other three pillars perfect to a T. If you don't have peace, it doesn't matter. Your thinking, your thoughts, it actually impacts your cells. It impacts your DNA. So this fourth pillar is the most important one. And we have the answer for peace, and it's Jesus. This is what I believe is the message of reconciliation. To actually show people what it looks like to walk in the fullness of what Jesus paid for. To actually demonstrate what God has done in me. 
God's given me the supernatural discipline. God's given me the, the ability to live in wholeness. I don't have to do it perfect, but I can do my best and invite him into it and do a good job stewarding. I'll close with this quickly. There's a phrase that we often say, and I would say this too, is I would die for my family. Like I would die for my family. It's like, yeah, me too. But would you get healthy for them? Would you get healthy for them? Because that's actually harder to do. It actually takes more discipline. It takes more intentionality to be healthy for your family, to be healthy for this family, the body. The best thing you can offer your spouse, your kids, even God, is a healthy you. So I'll end with, we are called to be Christ's ambassadors, and I believe this is the best way we can reflect Jesus and reconcile the world back to the Father, because when they look at us, they're like, Somehow they, it seems like they have it all. Even if they mess up, they make a mistake, they still have peace. And we know like, yeah, that's because of what Jesus did. That's because of the Holy Spirit that leads me and guides me every single day. This is the thing that's gonna attract the world back to a good and loving Father. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.